Hello and welcome to Macintosh and Mod Haven't Seen What? The podcast where Macintosh and Mod force each other to watch movies they should have already seen. I'm David, aka Macintosh. And I'm Diana, aka Mod. What are we watching this week? made me watch the apartment a man tries to rise in his company by letting its executives use his apartment for trysts but complications and a romance of his own ensue yeah 1960 three million dollar budget made about 18 million u.s okay let's start here have you ever seen a billy wilder movie i don't think so what are his other films oh my goodness all we have to do really is look at the um the top list mm-hmm. because that would include Sabrina, Some Like It Hot. I have seen Sabrina. Sunset Boulevard. Nope. Uh, Double Indemnity. Irma LaDuce, which was the follow up with Shirley MacLaine and Jack Lemon to this. Oh, okay. Sort of. Completely different story, same people. Yeah, no, no. Love in the Afternoon, The Spirit of St. Louis, The Seven Year Itch, mm-hmm. Stalag 17. He either wrote or directed most of these movies. Oh, wow. German okay. German emigre mm-hmm. left, uh, wrote scripts in Germany until Hitler took over, then saw his Jewish heritage would be a big problem. And left. Got over here as fast as he could and became maybe one of the most celebrated writers and directors of our time. Mm-hmm. Also, totally willing to go for a joke that was so dirty you might not be able to get it past the censors. I love that. <laughs> Billy Wilder pushed that edge, and holy crap, there's some jokes in this movie <laughs> that I'm going, oh, I don't think you can get away with that today. A few, maybe. The I joke think... he tells her where it's like, I, it's like your appendix is out. I wouldn't want you telling anybody in the office. I wouldn't know how. Want I wouldn't to... want anybody to uh, think about how you might have found that out. No, that, that would totally pass muster today. What's great about that is it's, it's it's amazing it got past the censors then. I love it because it's totally fine, but it's very cheeky. It's a it's a totally innocuous joke mm-hmm. in and of itself. Yes. But if you start thinking through what that means, mm-hmm. it's so dirty. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Which is the point. Oh, yeah. Wait, I love that. It was very cute. I saw this in college, maybe. Mm-hmm. I remember being charmed by it then. I was even more charmed by it this time. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it's just, it's, it is a classic romance movie mm-hmm. that isn't afraid to pull punches. I think that's what's so cool about it. Or isn't afraid to let the punches fly. I like that it is a, ro- it's, it's kind of like a romantic comedy. It's definitely a comedy. Uh, where the romance is not actually the central point of the film. Nope. Um, it's a big part of it, but it's not the it's not the problem, and it's not the obstacle. So let's talk about the direction and writing of one Billy Wilder. So he did both of these. He did, wrote and directed. He wrote and directed this one, okay. as with a lot of his movies. And everything he directed, he wrote. He just okay. also wrote a bunch a of other movies. Okay. Uh, it's wonderful. Of course. Uh, it's so clever. And I feel that when there's exposition, there's so much going on that it's not lingering. And I don't feel like it's 
unnecessary. It's very, it's sprinkled and mm-hmm. peppered in just the right amount. Yes. To keep the story moving forward. Correct. I, I feel like when we get those scenes where there's not really dialogue, which is not a lot, when there's just stuff happening, you're learning something about the character. Oh, yes. Which, which it just speaks to him being a good writer as well as a good director. He either already knew that as he was writing it, that this was something that he wanted to include, or he added it when he decided to look at it as a director. Well, I think he also trusted his actors. Oh, that's, I I think that's very true. Which is hard to do for some directors, but Billy Wilder wasn't. Billy Wilder, in a lot of ways, was a, he was known for being a a crank and a vulgar dude, Mm -hmm. but he was also known for being an actor's director. Oh, that makes complete sense. You know, I think Um, in the stuff I've heard, it was just like, he just sort of let those guys, let everybody go mm -hmm. and and see where they were going to go with it. He, it's, it looks to me, because granted, I've this, it's this and I saw Sabrina, this feels like he wrote a script that's wonderful, but he wasn't married to it. Nope. Which is very important. And as a director, you just kind of like, if somebody does something that sparks wonderfully, you want to keep that. Uh, so long as it doesn't, you know, betray the character on the page, go with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just good. So, Yeah. I don't, I don't have any notes. I have no complaints. Wow. <laughs> Which ever happened. Knowing you, that's impressive. <laughs> I know. For me to walk out of any movie ever and go, I don't have any complaints. <laughs> You're just like, who are you? What happened? I mean, I will say, like, I think one of the most amazing things about this movie is that at the moment when you feel like, oh, we're about to drag here, suddenly something happens something to happens, pick it up. Something changes. And there's a tonal shift. Well, I, again, I feel like he didn't let things go too long it would have been so easy to let those scenes with the other gentlemen in the apartment go on too long yeah absolutely. it would have been so easy for that um it would have been to turn it and to turn it into more of a farce than it mm-hmm. was it and it would have been really easy uh, again with the neighbors you could have gone on with that forever and get just enough to understand they think he's horrible they hate him and he's about to be evicted. You know, I think one of the great things about that too is that helps with the tone because this, mm-hmm. unlike a lot of his stuff, I mean, Some Like It Hot is going to be on our list. That's a total screwball comedy. And a lot of his stuff is total screwball. But this one isn't. This is a very dark comedy. It is. Oh, it is very dark. And some of the reason that it gets to stay dark is he doesn't linger in those moments where he could play it for laughs. Well, that's also just how people are. I mean... And what I find very, very interesting is that the people who are some of the best comedic geniuses have a real bit of darkness in them. Uh, you look at Robin Williams and Jim Carrey. The, I got so many Jim Carrey vibes from this movie. And I know, of course, you know, this, of course, came first. Yeah. Uh, I, I would be surprised if Jack Lemmon was not an inspiration for Jim Carrey. I, I don't know enough about Jim Carrey, but I got a lot of that. There's that madness in him. Vibe. Mania. Mania. That's a better word for yeah. it. Um, a man who can't sit still in any form or fashion. Correct. And I don't think Jack Lemmon was that way, mm-hmm. but that's the characters he played. Exactly. That's the vibe I get from this character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That leads us naturally into the actors, and mm-hmm. we must start with the top build. C.C. Baxter, Jack Lemon. I have never seen any of his early work. 
Wow. Um, I've only seen like grumpier old men in the TV. Like I've only seen some of the stuff from the last few years that he was alive. Um, I believe he passed away in 2004. Oh my gosh. Uh, He's amazing. He's a freaking genius. He is. uh, (laughs) He sells it. So he's a clown and he's dark. And when he has that five o'clock shadow, he's extremely attractive. Uh, I love it when he's drunk in the office. How many drinks do you have? Three. (laughs) And he holds up four fingers. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so endearing and precious. He's He's a genius. When he, he goes, just, he was. When he goes to the bar with that lady, <gasps> that scene where they're dancing, but they're not holding each other. Their cheeks are just. It's he's a clown. Completely, he's a clown, and and yet he's real. Like oh, he's completely believable. Like he's a clown in as much as you keep laughing at it, but then you still buy him as a real person, which is such a weird position to be in. Well, he's. He's lonely. That's really what it comes down to is he's lonely. And that's the only reason why he's talking to that woman and dancing with her. And he knows that. And that lady knows that. Oh, he's just so, it was so good. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, you're already in when the first scene of the movie, the score is playing along with the typewriter that's printing out next to him Mm -hmm. and his head is bobbing with the typewriter in the rhythm. It's fun. It's so good. I also really liked it when he sat at his desk and took his temperature. <laughs> I'm like, I feel you, bud. Uh, <laughs> I've been there. Echoes of the odd couple. Yeah, uh, I've never seen the odd couple. Oh, we've got so much Jack I know, Lemon. I really need to. We've got so much Jack Lemon to catch you up on. Mm-hmm. That and some like it hot. I know, yeah. Um, jump then to Shirley MacLaine. She is lovely. Now, okay, my first foray into Shirley MacLaine was Steel Magnolias. Yeah. So I've always looked at Shirley MacLaine as being like crotchety old lady. So it was really entertaining uh, to see her as an ingenue. She's, first of all, she's gorgeous. She is. She's a beautiful woman. She's a beautiful woman now. Uh, she was. She looked very modern uh, and stylish, um, but also like a woman who can hold her own. As a character, that her character is written so well. Yeah. It would have been so easy to make her such a stereotype, but I really love the conflict she had about being with a married man. Yep. Um, I felt like we could have paid a little more respect to the wife, but this was 1960, so, you know, there's that. <laughs> well, I think the, the thing that makes it not have to pay respect to that in a certain degree is that the story is not about the wife and the story is not about sheldrake the husband really no no i i I get all that um her her and her position and in really in a lot of ways this movie's about her more than it's about uh, baxter Mm, i don't think that's true Uh, they share it i think i don't think that's necessarily true i don't know uh she's i mean she's a big chunk of the story but it's really about him that's a testament to her though that at times you're like this feels like her movie Mm mm-hmm she just, she takes away. And every scene she's in, what's so beautiful is she's the perfect straight man to his clown. Yes. But she's also... She's also able to play the clown because when, I love when they're playing uh, Jen and she's getting tired and sleepy and she's doing that kind of drunk, sleepy thing. How how many gentlemen were there? And she says three and she does the whole four fingers thing. <laughs> it's a lovely callback and it's just very cute. But she is also deeply hurt inside Mm -hmm. 
just completely and utterly wrecked. It's the same thing as him. It's just manifested differently. Well, and, and what's I think is so beautiful is you can see it even before we know anything about the affair with, and her. Mm-hmm. In the elevator, you can just see all over her face, something's up with you. Yeah. There's something very dark inside of you. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to him, which we think is, you know, he's just fine yeah. until we get to see him more and more. Well, I love when he figures out that that's her mirror and he realizes who that is. So much acting on the face. Oh, that was, he was so heartbroken and you could see it all. Oh. And another beautiful moment of of Billy Wilder knowing exactly when to cut straight to the face. Yep. So what may be one of the best casting choices of all time in, in what I can see is Fred McMurray as Jeff Sheldrake. Yeah, he was on My Three Sons. Was that before or after this? This was after. Okay. Which is kind of insane to me. Uh, but he's... That's, def- that's a huge turn. But even then, he had always been the sort of leading guy. I mean, he's been everywhere from... His top credits include The Kane Mutiny. I have no idea. I've never even heard of that film. The Absent-Minded Professor. Oh, yeah. Okay, I have seen that. Okay. And yeah. another... Uh, one of Billy Wilder's first big movies, Double Indemnity, which is a noir, where yeah. he's the leading okay. guy in that. He's always known for being the clean-cut leading guy. Yeah, and he played a schmuck. He plays a total asshole in this movie. Well, I love him physically against... Baxter. Baxter. Uh, he's Baxter's kind of a lanky, loosey-goosey noodle dude. And I can't remember, Sheldrake, he, he's a big dude. He's big, he's tall. He's, he's, he's got a lot of stature. And so I, it's and he visually, deli- it's really great visually. But he delivers the most schmuck of schmuck lines mm-hmm. over and over again without, I think one of the best decisions they made was to have him just be sort of the stoic dad yep. role, mm-hmm. but deliver these awful lines. Well, he, what I really like, they decided that he, there was nothing sympathetic about him. No. And him as a character is not trying to be sympathetic. He doesn't think there's anything wrong with what he's doing. Nope. Because that's why he keeps doing it over and over and over again. Which makes it brilliant. Yes. And makes it so gut-wrenching when he hands her that $100 bill. Oh, that was gross. <sighs> yeah. It's hard to watch, but it's hard to watch on purpose. Oh, no. And was, I love it. It was done well, which they totally repeated that in Mad Men. They did the exact same thing. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> So good. Which I think, which I think you have to, you have to look at Mad Men and go, oh my gosh, they pulled so much of that from this and among, amongst other things. Well, okay, when you when you said, okay, we're gonna watch the apartment, I was like, is that is that the movie where Shirley MacLaine's the the elevator operator? And I totally forgot about that part. The only reason I know about that is because of Mad Men. Yeah. Because they talk about it, the door, the apartment with Shirley MacLaine. Ugh, so good. Yeah. And then, you know, it's just sort of a cast of character actors. We Mm -hmm. get Mr. Hand himself, Ray Walston, as the head of HR, Joe Dobish. Uh Uh-huh. He's he's personnel administration or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's HR. (laughs) What a tool. Uh, Jack Crucian as Dr. Dreyfus. Uh, this is one of the big things. He's he's just a bit player. Okay. What's more important is that he did get nominated for a supporting actor Oscar for this. Interesting. Dr. Dreyfus. That. Mildred? <laughs> He's at it again. He's at it again. His, what what got him that nomination was the scene with, 
with her, with Fran, and yeah. trying to take care of her, mm-hmm. and suddenly shifting into full doctor mode. Yes. No, I get that. It's still a little meh. I think that's what's so great is like I even think Sheldrake would have been better. But even such the, even the comic, um, roles, the just straight comic relief roles, mm-hmm. still have this realism, this groundedness to them. Yes. Which you know, the doctor, his wife, all that stuff, they're all still in there. Anybody else catch you off that cast? The guy who plays Santa. Uh huh. I can't remember what his name is, but he's Otis. On the Andy Griffith show. Otis the drunk. Yeah, he's the town drunk. <laughs> I I knew that's who he was. I was like, it's Andy Griffith show. That's that dude. I can't remember what his name is. All right, so this movie won five Oscars. Okay. It won Best Picture. Of course, that's why we're doing this. It was up against almost nobody. Okay, who was it up against? The only movie of note was The Alamo with John Wayne producing. Haven't seen it in real life. Haven't seen the movie. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Elmer Gantry, Sons and Lovers, the, the, nothing. Okay. Okay. There's nothing. Okay. Um, which is seriously weird because Billy Wilder won Best Director and was up against one of the heaviest hitters ever, Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, for, for what? For Psycho. Oh. This was, wow. This was the year Psycho came out. Now, the Academy didn't give Hitchcock an Oscar until, like, his last movie. Well, okay. Again, horror films don't get a lot of play. One and two, we don't know how many people knew about his his history and past. Yeah, I don't know. That could have been a we know what type of dude this is. We're not giving him an award. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. But wow, that's uh, <laughs> that's definitely a feather in your cap. Ah, beat Alfred Hitchcock. You know, if I'm if I'm thinking though, like Psycho, one of the one of the interesting things is like Psycho is a little like Get Out mm-hmm. in that when it came out, it was such a game changer yes. that I don't think anybody was prepared for what that was going to mean. Agreed. And didn't know how to give that an award. No, no, I understand that completely. Because it just changed. It was movies. such an anomaly. Jack Lemmon was up for Best Actor. Okay. But lost to Burt Lancaster for Elmer Gantry. I don't know about that movie. I know Burt Lancaster is a hell of an actor. Well, his his nomination is 100% deserved. And he was also up against Spencer Tracy for Inherit the Wind. Oh, yeah, that's that's a hard one to win. That's a big Spencer deal. Spencer Tracy. Mm-hmm, and, hard. and Lawrence Olivier for The Entertainer. Oh, fuck, you're screwed. Yeah, no, you he wasn't going to win. He was also so, I mean, he was still kind of new on the scene. Though he His wasn't... nomination is completely warranted. I can look at that list and go, yeah, that was a hard, it's, it's like when you're up against Meryl Streep. It's and just he, hard. And Jack Lemmon was a big deal, but amongst the classic mm-hmm. actors of that time, he still no. wasn't quite there. No, I understand. Best Actress went to Elizabeth Taylor for Butterfield 8. Interesting. In which she plays a prostitute. Okay. Widely considered to be one of her best roles. I have not seen that one. I haven't seen Butterfield 8. The one I am going to have to get you to watch for Elizabeth Taylor is Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. I've seen it. The movie? Yes, when you directed that scene in college, you watched it. Ah. So I watched it with you. God, that movie's good. Gave you half of your theory for your your scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but Shirley MacLaine did get nominated. Uh, she should. I didn't realize Shirley MacLaine had kind of been a bigger name than Jack Lemmon up at this point. <laughs> she did a um, one of Alfred Hitchcock's few comedies, The Trouble with Harry. Oh, yeah. Which I'm desperate still to see. Okay. Um, and then, like I said, Jack Crucian got nominated as Dr. Dreyfus. Uh, he lost to Peter Ustinov in Spartacus. That also came out this year. 
Stanley Kubrick had an uncredited directing role for that movie. Interesting. He okay. started he started directing that and then left. Best story and screenplay written directly for the screen, The Apartment. One. Okay, great. Absolutely. What was it up against? Nobody. Movies you have never heard of and never will again. Then yay, it deserved to win. <laughs> Best art direction, black and white, The Apartment. Who was it up against? Psycho. Mm. Mm. And then movies I haven't heard of. So it won for art direction. It won for art direction for black and white. That could have been... I could see that being a difficult one again. I I would not have been surprised if for black and white they gave it to Psycho. I know, right? Because I, I know they're very different genres, but they had to do so much within the black and white for Psycho. Oh, yes. That they did not have to do in the apartment. The apartment's great. Uh, this one, I mean, I, I might be thinking it should have gone to Psycho. Yeah, I don't know. Eh, whatever. Cinematography, black and white, both The Apartment and Psycho lost to Sons and Lovers. Now, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, there's a gorgeous period piece that just blows everybody out of the water. I would give The the Apartment over Psycho for cinematography. A little bit. I, no, I just would. Best film editing went to The Apartment. Absolutely. We talked about those close-ups, the perfect... The perfect right moment when they focused on the person. Against? Spartacus inherit the wind and the Alamo. I've seen a, bits of Spartacus. I'm going to say the apartment because it is amazing. And that was it, man. We got through the actors. We got yep. through Billy Wilder, who it's a shame you haven't seen enough of his stuff. We got through the Oscars, which means I've got to give this a rating. You do. You know, I, 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 I wanted to give it lower, but I think I have to go the full five, don't I? I, we had no complaints. You have to give it... I mean, it's your movie, so you rate it however you want. I I have to give this a five, and the reason I have to give it a five is that when I originally saw it, I remember liking it, but I remember kind of not knowing anything about it. Like, I, it just... It was a mood, and it washed over me. Mm-hmm. This time, I loved it even more. I caught so much more. It's... There's no complaints. It's just such a good movie. <laughs> And it's just so good for a romantic comedy from the 60s. You could put this up against any comedy now, and it would blow it out of the water. Okay. So your two fives are Taxi Driver and The Apartment. Both classic films. So I'm glad to get them on this. Okay. You're going full five. Yeah. What are you doing? I'm doing a full five. Yes! (laughs) I Okay, so I tend to fall asleep, start to fall asleep about... 10 30 and we started this movie late and david looked over and he's like are you okay are you getting ready to turn off and i was tired and i normally would have fallen asleep but i was so engaged in this movie i was like i want to see the end i want to see the movie end yeah i know it i loved this this is the best movie you have ever made me watch yes. in the 12 years you and I have been together. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I have been thinking about it so much since we watched it. I am in love with Jack Lemon. I do want to see a ton of his other work. Of course. Uh, because I, I just, I, I had never seen it. And ugh, it, it's just heartbreaking and it's beautiful and it's so fun. I just, I loved it. It's a five. Yes. This is my first five. Oh. With an honorary to Sound of Music, but this is my first five. Makes me so happy. Uh, Don't get used to it. No. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm still me. You know what though? It, it's not that it makes me happy because I get to glow. It makes me happy because I'm like, I'm so glad that you've really enjoyed this movie mm-hmm. and we found a movie out there that's like that. Because those are those are few and far between to come by where we totally agree on a movie. Yes. Uh, I think the last time I felt, well, I mean, the only recent film where I walked out and said, I have no complaints was Logan Lucky. I know, right? I was just like, I liked that whole movie. Can we go watch it again? And this is probably not a movie I would watch over and over again. But if, if we, if we had cable and we had Turner classics and this was on, I would just be like, all right, we're done. We're watching this. Yeah. Like it, it would, it would be a staple. Oh, of course. So yes, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this film. Ooh. Yay. All right, I did. I did pretty good on Bridge and the River Kwai. Then we got this one, good. and I got a, I got a five out of five. You got a five. We both got fives. I think it's your turn now, right? I've done double duty. Yes, the next movie we're gonna watch is Rain Man. It's a good movie. Never seen it. Yeah, I don't know how that. I don't know how that's possible. Know all the cultural but, stuff. Mm-hmm. Know all the jokes. Whatever. Yep. Never freaking seen it. Anything I need to be prepared for? Uh. I would say to be a little surprised by Tom Cruise, which is interesting because I'm, I, I'm, I'm pretty big on Tom Cruise as an actor, not as a human. Like <laughs> again, our disclaimer is we we can't uh, omit films from this project based on who they are associated with. If they do stuff in the future, though, we can totally not see their crap. We could not see their new stuff. Yeah, yeah, we, we could not see their new stuff. Um. No, I mean, I've always been pretty big on Tom Cruise as an mm-hmm. actor. I think he's legitimately great, and I've seen him in very good, solid acting roles. So, I'm excited yeah. on this one to see him to see where he goes. So this with is it. one of his earlier but more serious films. Yeah, he had been doing like Cocktail. No, Pobody's perfect. Oh God! <laughs> All right, till next time, guys. Bye. That's it for this episode. Please take a moment to review and rate us on iTunes. And for questions and comments, drop us an email at macintoshandmod at gmail.com. Dear Lord. <laughs> Poetty's nerfix. God damn it. <laughs>